Це про ваше майбутнє, про майбутнє вашої країни. Це про майбутнє, на яке ви заслуговуєте. Майбутнє Європи. Майбутнє мир. Майбутнє всіх ваших сусідів. І ваша доля, як ми вважаємо, знаходиться в об'єднаній Європі. All of us will go back to Washington and we will push the case against Russia. Ми всі повернемося до Вашингтону і ми будемо відстоювати санкції проти Росії. Enough of a Russian aggression. Досить вже російської агресії. It is time for them to pay a heavier price. Час вже, щоб вони заплатили важчу ціну. Our fight is not with the Russian people, but with Putin. Ми боремося не з російським народом, але з Путіним. Our promise to you is to take your calls to Washington. Наша обіцянка – це те, що ми вашу боротьбу доведемо до Вашингтону. Проінформуємо американський народ про вашу відважність. І покажемо докази проти Путіна у всьому світу. Я вірю в те, що ви виграєте, переможете. Я переконаний в тому, що ви переможете. І ми вам допоможемо всіма можливими засобами. Ви успішні не через обладнання, але через вашу відважність. You think, what, in terms of him not going into the government, just let him sort of stay out and do his political homework and stuff. To Ukraine for my third visit in five weeks last Tuesday in support of these very goals, this time conducting parallel coordinated high-level diplomacy with EU High Representative Kathy Ashton with all of the key Ukrainian stakeholders. Then, half
halfway through our visit, in the wee hours of Wednesday, December 10th, we witnessed the appalling show of force by government forces who turned riot police, bulldozers, and tear gas on the Maidan demonstrators as they sang hymns and prayed for peace. As Since Ukraine's independence in 1991, the United States has supported Ukrainians as they build democratic skills and institutions, as they promote civic participation and good governance, all of which are preconditions for Ukraine to achieve its European aspirations. We've invested over $5 billion to assist Ukraine in these and other goals that will ensure a secure and prosperous and democratic Ukraine. Welcome to Keith Knight, Don't Tread on Anyone. This is America's Ukraine hypocrisy, an analysis of the coup in 2014, the extent of the Obama administration's meddling in Ukraine's politics was breathtaking, according to Ted Gallen Carpenter of the Cato Institute. There is an abundance of outrage in the United States about Russia's alleged meddling in the 2016 presidential election. Multiple investigations are taking place, and Moscow's conduct was a major justification for the sanctions legislation that Congress just passed. Some furious political figures and members of the media insist that the Putin government interference constitutes an act of war. One especially agitated House member even compared it explicitly to the Pearl Harbor and 9-11 attacks. Such umbrage might be more credible if the United States refrained from engaging in similar conduct. But the historical record shows that Washington has meddled in the political affairs of dozens of countries, including many democracies. An egregious example occurred in Ukraine during the Euromedian Revolution of 2014. Also known as the Ukrainian Revolution of 2014 and the Revolution of Dignity of 2014. Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych was not an admirable character. After his election in 2010, he used patronage and other instruments of state power in a flagrant fashion to the advantage of his political party. That high-handed behavior and legendary corruption alienated large portions of Ukraine's population. As the Ukrainian economy languished and fell further and further behind those of Poland and other East European neighbors that had implemented significant market-oriented reforms, public anger at Yanukovych mounted. When he rejected the European Union's terms for an association agreement in late 2013, in favor of a Russian offer, angry demonstrators filled Kiev's independent square, known as the Maiden, as well as sites in other cities, Maiden spelled M-A-I-D-A-N. Despite his leadership defects and character flaws, Yanukovych had been duly elected in balloting that international observers considered reasonably free and fair about the best standard one can hope for outside the mature Western democracies, a decent respect for democratic institutions and procedures meant that he ought to be able to serve out his lawful term as president, which would end in 2016. 
neither the domestic opposition nor Washington and its European Union allies behaved in that fashion. Instead, Western leaders made it clear that they supported the efforts of demonstrators to force Yanukovych to reverse course and approve the EU agreement, or, if he would not do so, to remove the president before his term expired. Senator John McCain, Republican from Arizona, the ranking Republican on the Senate Armed Forces Committee, went to Kiev to show solidarity with the Euromedian activists. McCain dined with opposition leaders, including members of the ultra-right-wing Svoboda Party, and later appeared on stage in Maiden Square during a mass rally. He stood shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with Svoboda leader Oleg Yangebach, spelled O-L-E-G, last name T-Y-A-G-N-I-B-O-K. But McCain's actions were a model of diplomatic restraint compared to the conduct of Victoria Newland, the Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs. As Ukraine's political crisis deepened, Newland and her subordinates became more brazen in favoring the anti-Yanukovych demonstrators. Newland noted in a speech to the U.S.-Ukraine Foundation on December 13, 2013, that she had traveled to Ukraine three times in the weeks following the start of the demonstrations. Visiting the Maiden on December 5th, she handed out cookies to demonstrators and expressed support for their cause. The extent of the Obama administration's meddling in Ukraine's politics was breathtaking. Russian intelligence intercepted and leaked to the international media, a Newland telephone call in which she and U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, discussed in detail their preference for specific personnel in post-Yanukovych government. The U.S. favored candidates included Artseny Yatsenuk, first name A-R-S-E-N-I-Y, last name Y-A-T-S-E-N, Y-U-K, the man who became prime minister once Yanukovych was ousted from power. During the telephone call, Newland stated enthusiastically that Yats is the guy who would do the best job. Newland and Pyatt were engaged in such planning at a time when Yanukovych was still Ukraine's lawful president. It was startling to have diplomatic representatives of a foreign country and a country that routinely touts the need to respect democratic processes and the sovereignty of other nations, to be scheming about removing an elected government and replacing it with officials meriting U.S. approval. Washington's conduct not only constituted meddling, it bordered on micromanagement. At one point, Pyatt mentioned the complex dynamic among the three principled opposition leaders. Yasniuk, Ole Taniyuk, and Vitali Klitschko. Both Pyatt and Newland wanted to keep Talibuk and Klitschko out of an interim government. In the former case, they worried about his extremist ties. In the latter, they seemed to want him to wait and make a bid for office on a longer-term basis. Newland stated that 
I don't think Klitsch should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. She added that Yatsenuk needed is Klitsch and Tyabuk on the outside. Small excerpt from a PolitiFact article. There was debate as to whether or not the U.S. was involved in this Ukrainian revolution and whether they were sending money to it and how long this had been. PolitiFact did an article as to whether or not the funding had taken place to which they specified. Since 1992, the American government has spent about $5.1 billion to support democracy-building programs in Ukraine. Thompson said, with money flowing mostly from the Department of State via U.S. Agency for International Development, as well as the Departments of Defense, Energy, Agriculture, and others. The United States does this with hundreds of other countries. Oh, so they're constantly interfering in other countries. Never mind. Now it's okay. About $2.4 billion went to programs promoting peace and security, which could include military assistance, border security, human trafficking issues, international narcotics, abandonment, and law enforcement interdiction, Thompson said. More money went to categories with the objectives of governing justly and democratically, $800 million, investing in people, $400 million, economic growth, $1.1 billion, and humanitarian assistance, $300 million. So that is the PolitiFact analysis attempting to refute the fact that billions of dollars have been spent. They say, oh, well, the U.S. does this to a ton of countries and it goes to a lot of places within Ukraine. So, yes, the U.S. government is constantly trying to bring Ukraine more towards the West. The two diplomats also were prepared to escalate the already extensive U.S. involvement in Ukraine's political turbulence Pinget stated bluntly that, quote, We want to try to get somebody with an international personality to come out here and help to midwife this thing, the political transition. Newland clearly had Vice President Joe Biden in mind for that role, noting that Vice President's National Security Advisor was in direct contact with her, a guy named Jake Sullivan. Newland related that she told him, Probably tomorrow for an attaboy, and to get the details to stick. So, Biden's willing. Just a reminder, uh, when he says, uh, come out here and help to midwife this thing, midwife is defined as a health professional who cares for mothers and newborns around childbirth, a specialization known as midwifery. Article continues. Both the Obama administration and the most of the American news media portrayed the Euromedian revolution as a spontaneous popular uprising against a corrupt and brutal government. A February 24, 2014 Washington Post editorial celebrated the Median demonstrators and their successful campaign to overthrow Yanukovych. The moves were democratic, the Washington Post concluded, and, quote, Kiev is now controlled by pro-Western parties. In a grotesque distortion to portray the events in Ukraine as a purely 
indigenous popular uprising, the Newland Pyatt Telephone Conversation and other actions confirm that the United States was considerably more than a passive observer in the turbulence. Instead, U.S. officials were blatantly meddling in Ukraine. Such conduct was utterly improper. The United States had no right to try to orchestrate political outcomes in another country, especially one on the border of another great power. It is no wonder that Russia reacted badly to the unconstitutional ouster of an elected pro-Russian government, an ouster that occurred not only with Washington's blessing, but apparently with its assistance. That episode as well as earlier ones involving Italy, France, and other democratic countries, should be kept in mind the next time the U.S. political leaders or the media publicly fume about Russia's apparent interference in America's 2016 election. One can legitimately condemn some aspects of Moscow's behavior, but the force of America's moral outrage is vitiated by the stench of U.S. hypocrisy. This is an article from Ted Galen Carpenter.